LDS Popcorn Talk is not owned or operated by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or any other organization. All opinions and statements made by the host or any other guests are of their own and not of any organization or church affiliation unless otherwise previously stated. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of LDS Popcorn Talk. I am your host, Brother Samson. And today I wanted to talk to you about angels. Um, I had posted on social media a quote from Elder Holland, and I said I was going to dive deep into his talk. Well, I decided to actually change it up and do some other quotes about angels, including scriptures and quotes from a book by Donald W. Perry called Angels, and a couple of other people as well. Um, so I wanted to touch base on some of these quotes, kind of talk about them, and then tell you a story of where I believe I have um, seen some angels, and we'll talk specifically about them, and also um, some other people that I know of that have seen angels or, you know, the unseen protection and gifts and teachings and stuff like that. Well, let's get started with a quote by Donald W. Perry from his book, Angels. Angels play a prominent part in the Lord's plan of salvation in all dispensations. Our own dispensation is no exception. In fact, our dispensation has been a period of extraordinary angelic activity. So... I love this quote because it really touches base on a reminder for us of the angelic visitations that Joseph Smith had, right? He received a lot of angelic visitations. He, first off, he saw Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. You know, that's a godly visitation, but still, I mean, it's it's a visitation. It is a glorious occasion, right? It's something that everybody learns in the first discussion uh, when they're learning about the church and talking to the missionaries is they learn about that first vision. Well, then when we, when we get into talking about the Book of Mormon, we talk about the angel Moroni, right? And we as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on all of almost all of our temples have an angel Moroni on the top, right? Blowing the trumpet. So we know that other angels came down and everything else to bestow the priesthood, to restore keys of the priesthood, such as sealing um, and other things. In uh, Also, the right, the actual um, authority to baptize as well. Which, you know, it's funny. Some people think that's so minuscule, but it's really not. It's actually really a great, great thing that happened for us, right? So these angels visited us. Now, some may say that angels don't continue to visit us. Well, that's false. Angels are around. Now we're going to jump back to another quote by uh, Donald W. Perry here. As messengers, angels deliver a variety of messages to mortals. Messages of love, comfort, warning, or admonition. Further, angels teach the gospel declare repentance, explain doctrine, and restore priesthood keys, powers, authority, and more. 
angels' messages may be spoken or unspoken or felt, or they may come by some other means. So we already kind of talked about the um, restoring priesthood, keys, powers, authority, and more. Um, But let's talk about some of these messages that they bring to mortals, right? Um, Messages of love, comfort, warning, or admonition. So let me tell you a little story. Um, You already know that when I was on my mission, my mom passed away. And recently I have been feeling like she's been, you know, trying to send me a message across the veil, um, to do her temple work. Right. And I want to, and I really need to and everything. And I'm going to, and it's, it's one of those things where I felt her basically begging me to get it done. And I know exactly how I want to get it done, so I have to plan it out correctly and properly and everything else. Um, But it's quite interesting to think that within that message of, hey, this is what I want, I've also felt love, comfort, even warning and admonition. Uh, It's kind of cool that I found this quote literally probably about five minutes ago just to put this out there um, and remember all that stuff. Now, going back to the quote where he says, angels' messages may be spoken or unspoken or felt, or they may come by some other means, right? So have you ever sat there and you're thinking about something that's doctrine-related and it's, you know, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, but at the same time, like the that passage of Scripture you look down and your scriptures are opened up to that passage of scripture, right? You know, we believe in miracles. We should believe in miracles. If we don't, we should. That they happen. They really, truly do. And it's very, very exciting to live in this time where miracles do happen. Um, And angels do speak to us and show us things. But I wanted to um, bring out a scripture from this quote where I think he probably got some of his, uh, some of this knowledge from is second Nephi chapter 32 verse three. And it reads angels speak by the power of the Holy ghost. Wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Think about that for a moment. Angels speak by the power of the Holy ghost. So this is something, and I'm going to bring up this person without name, but my wife and I, when we were going through a temple prep class, even though I had already received my endowment and everything, I went with her because we were getting married and all that stuff. So we went to this temple prep class and it was literally just the two of us with one person teaching us. And that person stopped in the middle of one of our lessons and we were we were outside it was a gorgeous day but they stopped in the middle of the lesson and said if you could see all the people surrounding you right now and how much they are cheering you on and protecting you so that you will continue down the path 
to get sealed in the temple. You would be astonished. And they also said that these people never leave your side. So we know that the Holy Ghost, and we have the gift of the Holy Ghost and his constant companionship, but has it ever occurred that maybe, just maybe, he's also a conduit for those angels to speak to us? Those ancestors, family members that surround us are speaking through the Holy Ghost to us, messages that they believe we need to hear. How cool is that? How awesome is that, that we have these angels around us at all times, whether we know it or not, we have them there and they're guiding us and they're trying to cheer us on and help us through difficult situations. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. Back to uh, Donald W. Perry from the book Angels. Another quote. Angels who are resurrected or translated are able to conceal their angelic characteristics, including their great light and glory, and mingle among human beings as if they were mortals. Who's the first part? Who's the first, uh, person that comes to mind for that with me is actually the three Nephites. And this is where I wanted to um, tell you a story in my life where I believe that angels actually helped us. Um, so just a little bit of background. My mom, before she passed, was an alcoholic. Uh, she was in recovery for eight years before she passed and died of a disease that is caused by alcoholism. Um, and so when she was still living at the home before they, before she left and, and got divorced in 1998 is when that happened. But before then, uh, she disappeared. We couldn't find her. We drove around with our dad and we were searching for her and everything else just to bring her home safe. Well, it had gotten to the point where it was getting... My apologies for the notifications that keep popping through. My apologies, so please disregard all of that. Um, <laughs> anyways, so we had given up, we had gotten home, and we decided that we were just going to see how things went. Um, and so we decided to go and figure out, like, kind of, like I said, just see how things go, right? And we sat there and we were waiting, waiting, waiting. All of a sudden we got a knock on the door. I opened the door I, because I saw mom and I saw three people, three, three men with her. And they looked at me and they said, Hey, um, we found your mom at Castlewood Canyon, which if you don't know Colorado, um, it's south of Franktown on Highway 83. And it's a pretty cool um, little hiking area. But there's also this, this balcony type thing that you can look over the canyon. Um, and uh, back back to what these guys were saying, this, this guy looks at me and he says, we found her at Castlewood Canyon. Um, she was on that balcony. 
and it looked like she was going to, um, it looked like she was going to jump. So we grabbed her and asked her where she lives. She, she didn't remember her address, so we looked at her ID and we found your guys' house. So we thank them. My dad thanks them for bringing her home and everything else. And I just remember the feeling of comfort talking to these men. And they had a car. I had barely heard it start to drive when I looked out the window and it was already gone. It was like they came, they knew we needed help. And this was also before I even learned about the church, by the way. But it's like they knew. They knew that I needed my mom at a crucial point and that she needed to be there for me for when I was going on my mission as well. They knew what was going to happen and that she needed to stay. I'm sorry I'm getting so emotional, but the, this... This thought of angels really hits home for me. Like I said, my mom has passed away right before my mission. My grandma passed away a year before my mission. My grandfather passed away. So that whole year leading up to and within the first five months of my mission was there was just a lot of death and a lot of heartache, but also joy in knowing that they would be angels and that I would be able to see them again. Anyways, back to the, back to the quotes here. Um, we're actually going to read in doctrine and covenants section 129 verses one through three. There are two kinds of beings in heaven, namely angels who are resurrected personages having bodies of flesh and bones. For instance, Jesus said, handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. Secondly, the spirits of just men made perfect, they who are not resurrected, but inherit the same glory. So angels, we find out right here that they, this is where we find out 100% that they have a body, right? Straight from the scriptures. They have bodies of flesh and bone. So that's really cool. I mean, these angels aren't just spirits floating around or anything like that. They are angels, their flesh and bone and everything else. I think that's pretty cool. Um, the only reason why I added verse three there is because just reading verse one, um, kind of confused because it's like, oh, well, what's the second kind of being in heaven? Um, but I wanted to touch on it a little bit. Uh, the spirits of just men made perfect. So it's kind of cool to think that in heaven right now and in a glory that we have that we're striving to achieve, we can get after this earth. We don't necessarily have to wait for the resurrection. Um, granted that will be the pinnacle of the glory is being resurrected, but we will still have the glory as long as we do what we can here 
to be worthy of that glory once we pass. We can touch on the spirit. We will probably touch on the spirit world at a later point, at a later podcast episode, but those are they who teach in the spirit world. It's my belief. That's what I think. Okay, so now to a different author. Andrew C. Skinner from The Garden Tomb states, There is no doubt that beings from the unseen world of spirits can and do visit righteous mortals from all walks of life and stations in the church, from prophets to primary children. How many times... Have we heard of stories of children being saved in, an, in a miraculous situation? My son, when he was, I want to say three, yeah, three years old, jumping on the trampoline at Nana's house. Someone had stepped away. Um, the, my wife and I were inside, but someone else was outside with them. They stepped away and he was jumping and actually jumped off the trampoline. My wife was just barely stepping outside, started running towards him because she saw this happening. She didn't get there in time, but where he landed, he should have, being only three years old, hit his head on the rock path that was right next to the trampoline. The way that she saw it, it looked like he hit his head on the rock path. Now, three-year-olds, I don't know if you have kids or not, but three-year-olds don't have all that great control. They don't know how to fall yet. So they get bumps, bruises, scrapes, whatever. They don't know to tuck their head in. He did not tuck his head in, which means just because of the fact that his strength in his neck is not strong enough, he should have hit his head on those rocks and should have been probably dead. But he didn't have even a scrape on his head. Yes, I know I'm using a lot of my own stories, but think about other children out there who have said that mommy, uh, a man helped me cross the street or daddy, a man saved me today from being hit by a car. And the man's, the, the person that they're talking about is nowhere in sight. I swear sometimes babies who are just staring off into space are actually looking at angels. Because remember, they're the freshest from across the veil, so the veil is the thinnest over them. They're also in their time of innocence, so they can see these things easier than we can. As adults. You know, it takes us a lot of faith to see across the veil, and a lot of righteous living to see across the veil. But these kids are living in their time of innocence before they turn eight. Before they reach the age of accountability. So they can see... They could see these spirits and these angels. I just think that's really cool. That it doesn't matter who you are, what station of life, what station in the church you may hold, 
whether you're poor or rich, homeless or a mansion, or anywhere in between, you can receive a visitation from an angel. You may not even know that you already have. I think that is pretty darned cool. I got three more quotes, and then we'll be done. So I know this is going to be the longest episode thus far. From Joseph Smith. All beings who have bodies have power over those who have not. The devil has no power over us only as we permit him. Now, I know this seems like it's not a, a, a quote about angels, but it's more of a quote of, hey, guess what? You have power over him. Only he, he will only have power over you if you let him have power over you, right? And I'm sure that's how a lot of things happen, but all beings who have bodies have power over those who have not. So think about it. If there's an angel surrounding you, if there's angels surrounding you with bodies and everything else, if there's an angel around you, now these, these angels being angels, resurrected beings can see these malevolent spirits they can see them trying to get in and if you have faith that the angels will protect you they're going to protect you they too have power over the devil and his minions because the, the devil and his minions do not have bodies but resurrected angels have bodies and they have power over those that do not Something pretty cool. Something to think about. Something to remind yourself that, hey, if I have that faith that these angels are protecting me, then they're going to protect me from everything. They're going to do what they can to help me. And that's pretty cool, right? So, Marky Peterson from the October 1983 General Conference said, Marvelous and repeated angelic visitation have taken place in modern times as God once again established his divine church on earth following a long period of darkness. I want to focus on that last bit. Following a long period of darkness. So man created darkness, that time of darkness. Um, it's the dark ages. Man created that by killing off the apostles. Um, but by killing off all the Nephites. Everything. I mean, that happened. Man created the Age of Darkness, and it was only one... It took one young man and a prayer to usher in this last dispensation and angelic visitations, marvelous and repeated. I love that he says that at the beginning of that quote. Marvelous and repeated. Angelic visitation have taken place in modern times. I love that. Because it may not it may seem like, oh, it's just another cool thing that happened or another little miracle, but it could it really, I mean, little miracles are marvelous miracles. 
They're marvelous. They're great. They're wonderful. And we shouldn't take them for granted. You know, that $5 you found in your pocket or the man that's behind you at the gas station and your card gets declined. He decides to pay for pay for what you had. Angels can take many forms. There are also angels who are not literal angels in this world. There are people that do angelic ministry in this world and they can be angels to us as well. Final quote, and this is from Moroni, chapter 7, verse 29. And because he hath done this, my beloved brethren, have miracles ceased? Behold, I say unto you, nay, neither have angels ceased to minister unto the children of men. This verse was specifically written for us. This is part of Moroni's final testament to the world. Knowing that at a future time, someone would pick this up and read this. Someone out there would need to read this particular verse. Saying that miracles have not ceased. And angels have not ceased to minister unto the children of men. I want to leave with you guys today, my brothers and sisters, my testimony. That angels are out there. They do exist. They do visit us. They speak to us. They uplift us. They protect us. They do everything that they can in their power to guide us along. All we have to do is to have the faith that they are there. To have the faith that they will help us. And to exercise that faith by being obedient to the commandments that have been laid out before us. God sends his angels to the earth. Because he loves us. And he wants us to succeed. And as I said before, I testify that there are angels from heaven and angels on earth that are all here to help us. Could be your neighbor. Could be your, vis- your ministering person. It could be just the elders quorum president. It could be a member of your a member of your ward. It could be anybody. There are humans on this earth that can act as angels. And there are angels from heaven that come to this earth to guide and protect and teach and preach and cry unto us, Repent ye, repent ye, for the time of the Lord is coming. I know that Christ is the Savior of the world. I know 
that we have prophets and apostles on this earth today. I know that God speaks to them, and I know that he will answer our prayers, that revelation exists, that angels exist, that every miraculous thing that people have said in the past cannot happen and stopped happening since Jesus Christ and since his initial 12 apostles in Jerusalem. I say to you right now that that is not the case. We still have miracles. We still have revelation. I know that to be the truth. And I know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the one true church on this earth. The one set up by divinity. This is Christ's church on the earth once again. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of LDS Popcorn Talk. I just wanted to touch base with you and let you know, um, head on over to Facebook, look for Popcorn Talk with Brother Sampson. We got a page that you can look at and you can see when another episode is released if you follow the page. Also, go over to Instagram, LDS Popcorn Talk. Find us there, same thing. I'll post up when new episodes are released of the podcast. I really do appreciate you guys. I hope you continue listening with me. And I really hope you have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you so much.